Well, hello, welcome to you. My name's Ivan Barry. Today we're going to share a short story from the tradition of Zen Buddhism. It's a spiritual philosophy from the East that is filled with humour and wisdom. And we'll follow the short story up with a simple exercise that will help us relax, restore ourselves and come into the present moment. Today's story is called A Pile of Old Dried Shit. There was once a powerful government minister, also a professor, who held himself in very high esteem and was known to be very opinionated. He often took great delight in belittling and insulting other people and wasn't well liked, though of course people were too afraid to tell him this to his face. One afternoon, he decided to go into town and visit with a venerable old sage, a wise Zen master who, on his arrival, welcomed him into his small house and made him tea. There was a long silence And after a while, the minister spoke. Listen, he said, I know that people respect you and honour you. But would you care to know what I think about you? The old teacher smiled. Whatever people think of me is of little relevance. People are permitted to think whatever they wish. There was more silence. As the minister drank his tea and digested this statement. And then he spoke again. Well, old man, I'm going to tell you anyway what I think. When I look at you, do you know what I see? A pile of old dried shit. Now, what do you say to that? Well, the old sage smiled and said nothing sipped his own tea, which was delicious. And then the minister spoke again. Well, no response, eh? Okay, then let me ask you this. When you look at me, what do you see? Teacher placed his cup back on the table and looked into the minister's eyes as if searching. And then he spoke. When I look at you, I see light, I see love, and I see the Buddha within. Well, the minister was so pleased with hearing this that he stood up quickly, bowed, and raced straight home to tell his wife. She listened, and then burst out laughing. 
You self-centred old fool, she said. When a person has a heart like a pile of old dried shit, that's what he sees in everybody else. But that man you talked to today, he had a heart like the Buddha, and that is what he sees in others. Even a dried up old prune like you. Go and meditate. Does what we say about others actually reveal more about us than them? Is it easy to become set in our ways and get stuck in patterns of negative thinking? To be judgmental? Perhaps our view of the world and of others is in fact a mirror. And so, if we want to be happier and more content, maybe we can open up our hearts and drop the judgments. And with that in mind, I'd like to share with you a simple meditation that helps to open the heart. First of all, imagine you're encircled by people who love you. Sit comfortably wherever you might be, eyes open or closed, and imagine yourself in the centre of a circle made up of the most loving beings you've met. In fact, there could be some people in your circle who you've never met, but perhaps you've been inspired by. Maybe they exist now, or they existed historically, or even mythically. It doesn't matter. Just put yourself in that position and imagine this circle of love around you. And now we begin to receive the love of those who love you. Experience yourself as the recipient of this energy, this attention and care and regard of all the beings in your circle of love. Silently repeat whatever phrases are expressive of that which you most wish for for yourself. Not just for today, but in an enduring way. Phrases that are big and open, something like, May I be safe, may I be happy, may I be healthy, may I live with an ease of heart, may I be safe. Be happy, be healthy, and live with ease of heart. Notice how it feels when you receive this love. As you experience yourself in the centre of the circle, all kinds of different emotions may arise. 
You might feel gratitude and awe. Or you might feel kind of shy, like you'd rather duck down and have all these beings send loving kindness to one another and just forget about you. But whatever emotions may arise, just let it wash through you. Your touchstone are those phrases. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. Or whatever phrases you've chosen. And now open yourself up to receiving this love. Imagine that your skin is porous and this warm loving energy is coming in. Imagine yourself receiving. There's nothing special that you need to do to deserve this kind of acknowledgement or care. It's simply because you exist. And now we send some loving care to the people in your circle. You can allow that quality of loving kindness and compassion and care that you feel coming towards you to flow right back out to the circle and then towards all beings everywhere so that what you receive you transform into giving. You give the quality of care and kindness that does actually exist in this world. That can become a part of you and part of what you express or return. Let's just savour that sensation for a little while here. Simply breathe, simply be,
when you feel ready, in your own time, you can open your eyes or lift your gaze and simply end the session. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with another short story from the world of Zen and another simple meditation that will assist us in these turbulent and chaotic times to be still to breathe, to know that we're safe and to be free, to forget about tomorrow just for a minute or two, to let go of yesterday just for a little while. And to enter into that most precious of spaces, the present moment, the only moment that is now. Best wishes as you travel through your day. May you take this spirit with you. Thanks so much for listening. Well, hello and welcome to you. My name's Ivan Barry. And today I'm going to share a very short story from the world of Zen Buddhism and follow that up with a simple, relaxing and helpful meditation that will ideally assist us in getting through the rest of the day in a positive frame of mind. Zen is a very interesting spiritual philosophy from the East. It's full of ancient wisdom, disciplined practice, long periods spent in meditation, and thankfully, lots of illuminating parables and stories. And it's one of these particular stories that I very happy to share with you today. And so, as they used to say, are you sitting comfortably? This is the story of the angry 
Buddha. A long time ago, in a small Chinese town, close to the mountains, lived Miss Noyen. For over 10 years, Miss Noyen had stopped for 10 minutes, three times each day, in order to light a candle and to burn some incense and sit cross-legged and chant. Namo Amitabha Buddha. Namo Amitabha Buddha. She was a sort of tough old bird, as they say, a little bit short-tempered. She was known to sometimes get cross quite quickly. Many of the people in the village considered her to be a little mean-spirited and easily aggravated. And so, it was a calm, sunlit, August afternoon, when one of the village's young men decided to play a little joke and tease her a little. And waiting by her garden gate, and hidden under the shadow of a large tree, he stayed until he could hear her begin to chant. And he could smell the beautiful incense drifting out from her window. And off she went. Namo Amitabha Buddha. Namo Amitabha Buddha. Namo Amitabha Buddha. And a few minutes went by. And then he called out, Miss Noyen, Miss Noyen. Well, she continued her chanting, simply hoping, I guess, that whoever it was stood outside would simply go away. Namo Amitabha Buddha. Namo Amitabha Buddha. And another few minutes passed. And once more, Miss Noyen, Miss Noyen. Oh, how annoying, she thought. I'll ignore it. She focused even harder on her chanting, calling out even louder than before. And then, after some time, the voice outside got louder too. Miss Doyen! Miss Doyen! Well, that was it. She couldn't take it anymore. Jumping up, she raced to the front door and flung it open. What do you think you're doing, she yelled. Can't you hear I'm in my meditation? Go away, you stupid boy, and leave me in peace. The young man stepped out from under the tree with a big smile on his face. Wow, he said, look how angry you've become. And I've only been calling you out for ten minutes. And you have been calling on Buddha Amitabha for ten years. How angry do you think he might be? And he ran off down the street with a chuckle.
Well, they say that practice makes perfect. Maybe not always, but it helps. And we know that meditation is more difficult with external distractions. And here, in this case, instead of finding peace and tranquility, poor Miss Noyen only became annoyed. And when this anger or annoyance is already within us, it doesn't take very much for it to become triggered into being. And in this case, the trigger came courtesy of this mischievous young man. I ask myself, is it possible that he's in an indirect way teaching her to focus, to pay attention to the present moment and to become more expert at ignoring distractions so that her meditation practice and prayer might become even more profound and more rich and more rewarding? Or is he just an annoying little tit to be chased away like a fly? <laughs> I wonder. So we share a little practice today, which is about reclaiming our joy, because it seems that Miss Noyen, somewhere along the line, has misplaced hers. And this is a mindfulness of the four elements. So we start off simply by getting grounded in the body with some love and compassion. If you care to join, please find a comfortable position, standing or sitting or lying down, it doesn't matter. And I invite you to close your eyes or just keep your gaze soft and just check in and notice, what are you feeling? Ask yourself, what's happening in my body right now? And bring your attention to your heart area. You can notice any sensations there. And ask yourself, can I meet this with kindness or can I meet this with love? You can also bring a hand to your heart to feel more deeply that sense of connection, that sense of kindness and care. And just explore this sense of groundedness and love for a minute or so. And so our first element will be earth. As you settle in, begin to notice the weight of your body. Here the solidity of your body is the earth element. It's heavy and stable. And as you connect to that sense of solidity, allow your body to soften and rest deeply into the ground or into the floor, into the chair. And you can feel the density of the body, your bones, your flesh, the fat. All that is solid and dense. This is your earth element. And as you feel the stability of the earth within you and around you, you can know that it's connected to all of the earth around us. 
the ground and the trees, the rocks, the mountains, everything that's solid and stable. Explore what it feels like to know this connection to the earth. And now we visit with the fire element. We notice the temperature in our body. Fire is heat and warmth and vibration. So where do you feel your internal heat? Sometimes you can connect to the fire element in the belly or the heart area, anywhere that feels warm and hot. And know that this fire element in you is connected to the fire element all around you. The sun is the epitome of the fire element in nature. It keeps the planet warm and alive. And know that the fire element, the warmth and heat within you, is connected to the fire element all around you. So explore briefly what it feels like to know that connection we all have with fire. And now we visit with the element of water. Water is smooth and flowing. In fact, most of your body is water. And perhaps you can sense the water element in the moistness of your eyes, in your mouth, in the blood that courses through your veins, in all that is fluid and flowing through your body. As you feel this water within you, perhaps you can sense that this water is in balance with the water that covers our planet. Just like us, our planet is almost also mostly water. The oceans, the rivers, lakes, the rain, mist and the clouds and the dew. So please know that this water element in you is connected to the water all around you. Water is life. So explore briefly what it feels like to know this connection we all have with water. And now we pay a brief visit to our final element, which of course is air. Air. Movable, changeable, light and ephemeral. Of course, in our bodies, the air element is the breath. So notice the air as you breathe in and out, connecting us to lightness and changeability. Your breath, your air, is connected to the air all around you, to the sky, to the wind, to the air that circulates around our planet, breathed in and out by many, many beings. Rest your awareness on the breath, just for a few moments, as we begin to conclude this meditation and explore what it feels like to know that you are connected to all of nature 
through the air that you breathe and through all of the elements. And in your own time, as you open your eyes, you can reorient yourself to the space around you. And remember, you belong in every moment, just like the trees, just like the sun, the ocean and the air. Nature is always right here, connecting you and me and everything else on our planet. We belong here. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you've enjoyed this tale from Zen. And perhaps a little meditation can assist you to have a positive day. See you again next time round. Goodbye for now. Well, hello to you. Thanks for joining me today. My name's Ivan Barry, and this is Tales from Zen. Zen is a wise and profound spiritual philosophy from the East. Filled with discipline, meditation and study, but also complete with humorous and wise stories that can teach us something about what it means to be alive and how we might come into the present moment. Very important in these changing and turbulent times, I'm sure you'll agree. So I have a great pleasure today in sharing a story called Letting Go. And as always, we'll follow it with a short, simple, meditative exercise that will help us come into the present moment and hopefully have a positive effect on our day. And so letting go. There was once a man who had spent many years in meditation. He travelled far and wide seeking out gurus and teachers and had spent much time in deep personal reflection. But somehow, even after all these years and all this work and all his efforts, he was still, to his own annoyance and irritation, a troubled man. He had come to realize something. He had too many attachments, too many belongings, too many beliefs, and too many thoughts. One day he learned that a master teacher was visiting the town nearby and was resting in an old, partly ruined temple on the edge of the forest. Now this teacher already had a very great reputation, not that that bothered or interested him, because he didn't waste time worrying about what other people thought about him. But the troubled man decided 
that it might be worth the effort to seek him out and pay him a visit. It took a little while, but he found the temple. It was very ancient. Most of the walls had already fallen down and parts of the roof too. There were still a few stone columns standing here and there, and they were all entwined with plants and forest flowers. And there in the centre sat a ragged, robed old man with staring eyes and a generally forbidding and forlorn appearance. He approached tentatively and bowed, hesitantly introduced himself and began to explain his dilemma. In essence, he said, too many attachments were holding him back, stopping him from making progress and keeping him a prisoner in his own mind. Suddenly, the monk jumped up, ran to the nearest stone pillar and wrapped his arms tight around it and began shouting, Get help! Get help! Help! Release me quickly! Someone, go get help! This was all very unexpected and highly alarming. Surely, thought our visitor, this chap's a madman. And he could barely think straight with all the noise and shouting. Oh, his brain was in a tizzy and he began to sweat. And panic was not very far away. Perhaps he thought he should just run and forget that he ever came here. But he took one look at the poor man clutching to the pillar, shouting and begging to be saved. And that was all it took. He decided to make an appeal. My dear man, sir, please, he said, you're quite safe. The pillar doesn't have a hold of you. It's the other way around. You have hold of the pillar. Just let it go. And with those words, the teacher did let go. He laughed aloud and said, the attachments you have are what you're holding onto, not the other way around. If you can understand this, you'll have your answer and you'll be free. And on hearing these words, the visitor became immediately enlightened. What are we attached to? What do we hold on to? Does it help us or hold us back? And how fast can realisation arrive? for us. As the Buddha himself is reputed to have said, wake up, nothing is real, and yet all is real. I can think of attachments that I've had in the past that I'm sure had a purpose, some useful role in my life, but maybe as I grow older, and perhaps a little wiser in brackets, those attachments play no function of worthwhile value in my life as it looks today. Something to think about. So as we think about the stress of this gentleman who had to seek out a teacher who then began to act like a maniac in order to liberate the thinking of the individual, 
we'll share a simple meditation just to get ourselves grounded in the present moment. This is one I use when I find myself reacting to the world, too much news on the radio and the TV. It's also painful, pandemics and all the rest of it. So coming into the present moment is helpful for us to maintain our inner calm. So this is a gentle practice and I hope it can provide support to you remaining grounded as you open up to information that sometimes is quite painful to experience. So I would just invite you to find a comfortable place to be, whether you're standing, sitting, lying down, and just take a few deep and conscious breaths. Ideally in through the nose and out through the mouth. And as we do this, because we pay attention to our breathing, we're breathing in a purposeful way, in a conscious way. This reduces our blood pressure, raises the oxygen levels in our blood, regulates our heartbeat, reduces anxiety, stress, and all the rest of it. And now taking a long, slow breath in and a gentle, even longer breath out. Continue to follow the flow of your breathing as best you can, keeping your attention right there. Next, on an in-breath, breathe in for a count of four. Hold your breath for a count of seven. And then release the breath for a count of eight. We'll be doing four, seven and eight cycle breathing practice here. So on the next in-breath, breathe in for four counts. Hold it for seven and release it for eight. in, count for four, hold for seven, and on breathing out, try to make the breath count for eight. And now we settle into a natural rhythm, and as best you can, Just maintain awareness of the quality of your breath, both in and out. And as best you can, in a restful way, along the river of these sensations, resting in the long, broad and deep now. As you're resting, gently call to mind your desire and the will that you have inside yourself for peace that begins with you. For well-being that begins right here, right now, in your own body and being and spirit.
Now on the next in-breath, consciously focus on the love and compassion that exists in your own heart. The peace that can begin with you right now, extending through you right now. And as you breathe in, bring greater awareness to this love. If you want, you can put your hand on your chest in the area of your heart to connect even more deeply. And know that this warm, loving softness within you, or other characteristics that you sense in your own experience, there are other ways you might describe your own warming heart, and the will in your heart for justice and positive social community and for global change. And as much as possible, allow yourself to completely feel the compassion in your being for everyone who is suffering. Obviously in a way that includes you, and includes all of us, and particularly those who are suffering the most in your community and in the world right now, wherever they may be. As you breathe in and out, breathing in the sense of awareness of the love in your heart, breathing out very consciously, send loving support towards all those you believe to be in need of it at this very moment. Breathe in a sense of your own loving heart and what is well within you. And while breathing out, gently extending the wish for well-being from your own head to your toes, flowing out through you to the communities you meet and touch and work with. And as far out as your reach can go, circling the globe. And as you bring this meditation gently to a close, Take just a moment to appreciate all that you are, all that you do. The body that is carrying you through this very life in all its perfect imperfections, just as you are. Call forth an intention for staying in attunement and balance and holding with grace your spirit, your being and your energy for the day that weighs for you. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you be well in body and in mind. May you be safe from inner and outer dangers. And may you be truly joyful and free. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you've enjoyed it. And thank you too for practicing this engaged, calm and abiding meditation. I'll be back again with more tales from Zen and more meditations. But until then, thanks for listening. See you next time. Goodbye.
Well, hello to you. My name's Ivan Barry. I welcome you to this edition of Tales from Zen. Zen Buddhism is a profound spiritual tradition from the East, and it's filled with wise and insightful and illuminating stories. As always today, I'll share a short story from Zen. And we'll follow that with a gentle meditation. That will bring us into the present moment. And enable us to enjoy our day. And so, today's story is the painting of a chicken. There was once a powerful and rich local prince who desired to have a painting of a chicken to put on a wall in his tokonama. For those who care to know, a tokonama is a recessed space in the wall of a room in which items of artistic appreciation can be placed on a shelf or displayed. And in addition, quite often, there might be an image or statue of a Buddha. This rich prince went to see a young man who was already a very famous and fine artist and he told him, I want you to paint me the best possible picture of a chicken that you can. Now quite why he wanted a chicken painting no one really knows but there you have it, that's what he wanted. And the artist on hearing this simply bowed Hi, hi, Mochiron, Kore o Shimasu, he said. Which means, yes, yes, Master, I will certainly do this. So, very energized, filled with excitement, he went to his remote cabin high on Mount Fuji, bringing books on bird anatomy, and many of these books were filled already with paintings by famous past masters. It's a very high standard indeed. He was so determined to do the very best he could, precisely as requested. And so he got to work, depicting chickens in martial arts poses, for example, Bushido poses, or crashing through bamboo, bamboo walls in samurai palaces. He drew noble portraits of chickens in virtuous attitudes, sitting on thrones or even reading philosophical books. And he used very many special brushes in order to finally catch in detail every aspect of a chicken's life. Oh yes, there were wild chickens in the forests. Chickens on sunlit hilltops, or on farms, in barns, in the bedroom. And even featuring them in scenes from famous historical battles. And so, summer became autumn, and in turn, winter turned to spring. The wheel of life revolves free of the control of mere mortals, and before anyone really knew it, three years had gone by. And it was one day, while at archery practice, that the prince 
glimpsed a chicken at the forest edge, and it suddenly reminded him of something. Yes, that was it. His chicken painting. Jumping on his horse, he rode like the wind and up the mountain to the artist's wooden house. On arrival, he knocked loudly, but no one answered. And so he tried to prise the door open, but it would barely move. He pushed even harder. Something seemed to be blocking it. But then with a mighty shove, it gave way and he could see there was barely any room to stand or sit in a jumbled, chaotic looking place. The floor was filled with paintings and frames. The walls were covered as well. There were sketches of chickens in their hundreds covering all available space and in some places they were actually stacked up all the way to the ceiling. And as he looked round he noticed there were many chicken statues of different sizes and differing materials, varying colours. They were perched on windowsills and placed in the narrow walkways between all the piled up canvases and artwork. He couldn't believe his eyes. There were chickens everywhere he could see. Everywhere there was nothing but chickens and he began to feel his anger rising. Carefully picking his way through it all, he spotted a sleeping figure swaddled in old paint speckled blankets in a corner on a mat. You, wake up, he shouted, delivered a pointed kick to the rear of the sleeping figure and then the artist stirred and began to stand his eyes wide at this apparition in front of him. Where is my chicken painting? He thundered. Slowly rubbing his eyes, the artist recognised him and began to pull himself together. Oh, I, I'm so sorry, he said. I completely forgot. And with that, he grabbed the nearest brush, dipped it in a pot of black ink, swirled it across a piece of paper, and handed it to the prince. There you go. Well, what can we take from this short story? I suppose at some point in our lives, we've all taken on a project, immersed ourselves in it, and possibly to the neglect of many other aspects of our lives, lost track as we've delved deeper. Maybe when the creative person is, whose passion is animated gets into the flow of creativity, he or she is absorbed entirely by the passion stroke obsession. Creativity is a funny thing, isn't it? And so is patience. Let's face it, the prince had waited three years. And he got a painting in the end. And so, I offer now a simple guided meditation and it's designed to help us build our own sense of patience. So, I invite you to find a comfortable posture to sit. If you can, sit upright and alert and just bring a strength of comfort to your body by dropping your gaze or closing your eyes or you can feel free 
to leave them partly open. And we just start to breathe. Breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth. We begin to notice that with each breath there's a physical movement of the body. You can notice the rising and falling of your belly or your chest. Or just notice the air moving in and out of your nose and mouth. Your mind will most likely stay busy and then sensations may arise in, in your body. You might feel a little bit heavier, changing of certain emotions, but through it all, just note what you observe. And then bring your attention back to the breath and see if you can bring a sense of ease and calm to the next few breaths. and expand your awareness now to sensations in your body as a whole. Might be a sense of discomfort here or there, a physical itch of restlessness. You might notice there's a twinge of physical pain somewhere in the body. If something feels urgent or too painful, then just practice your intention, make a little adjustment, just keep breathing. And without pushing yourself, causing extra pain or discomfort, see now if it's possible just to observe these sensations and let go. Practice staying patient with any discomfort in your body and stay in touch with a sense of self-care and self-compassion. And if you need to do something to take care of yourself, then allow yourself that kind. And now expand your awareness to thoughts. Our busy minds make thoughts constantly throughout our entire life. And sometimes they may be uncomfortable or provoke anxiety or feel a bit overwhelming. As meditation teacher Joseph Goldstein used to say, we frequently get on the wrong train and ride those thoughts. And so for the next few moments, just observe any thoughts that arise and Take note of them. They could be thoughts of the future or the past. And then with a sense of resolve, just focus on the next breath or two. Either continue to note thoughts and let them go, or shift your awareness to emotions. They're a part of our moment-to-moment -moment experience that's not fully under our control. Part of the art and skill of managing emotions requires awareness of them. Of course, emotions often feel like triggers. It's a bit like we're hooked and we feel we have to do something about them.
and as you continue to breathe steadily and regularly for the next part of this practice, see if you're able to let go of that hook. Acknowledge your emotional state, whether you're happy or it's sad, or you feel overwhelmed or anxious or unsettled or angry. And see if you can bring a sense of compassion to this part of the practice. Remind yourself, we all struggle at various times. And just note the emotion if it triggers thoughts or a desire to take some urgent action and then return to the anchor of your breathing. And for the last few minutes of the practice, expand your awareness to just take in the entirety of your experience. With each in-breath, welcome a sense of open awareness. This is how things are for me right now. And just take it all in with a sense of acceptance, awareness and clarity. With each out-breath, offer yourself whatever wishes feel most appropriate in this moment. May I find my strength and resolve. May I be happy and healthy. Find whatever words capture your wishes for yourself. And as this practice comes to its conclusion, just note any tendency for your mind to leap forward into the future or a desire to jump quickly off any meditation seat you happen to be sitting on and just come back each time to the breath, the anchor. And with a sense of intention and resolve, you can choose when to end your practice and continue on with the rest of your day. Thanks for listening. I'll be back again with another Zen tale and another meditation. But until then, goodbye for now.